Hello and welcome to Lady Time. I'm your host, Jill McGregor, and my guest today is Jane Wilde, an environmental campaigner in the UK. Originally from rural Essex in England, Jane moved to rural Ireland in her 20s, where she developed a lifelong passion for growing organic food. She returned to London about 11 years later, where she then started a successful business, which subsequently set her up for the rest of her years to date. Upon moving to the South Downs in the south coast of England and free of the responsibilities of the business, Jane then pursued her initial love of growing organic food, a lifelong love of art, and importantly for her to spend more time as a campaigner for protecting the environment. She is also an intrepid world traveller, preferring to journey during the winter months when the growing season has finished. You're very welcome, Jane, and thank you very much for coming on my show today and being my guest. Thank you for asking me, Jill. Oh, it's a pleasure. So I thought we might start off with uh, just getting your view on ageing, how it's been for you and how you feel about it. It's, um, it's been a really, <clears throat> it's a really interesting journey. Um, and definitely a journey inwards, as well as a journey outwards, actually. But it's, um, I've become more and more aware of my spiritual journey uh, since going through menopause. Um, I, it was some, I, I can't, everything fell away at one point in my life. Um, up to that point, as I was starting to go through menopause, my my relationship with my husband of 26 years ended um i lost my home through that um our business the joint business we had that went um and just every every aspect of my life changed every single aspect um and it was really important, I think, for that to happen to me because up to that time, I had so many identities as a wife, as a mother, as a businesswoman, as a house owner, uh, so many identities that I really needed to let go to, to really start discovering who I was. That's, that's very interesting. So, and what was foremost in your mind then when you did first uh, approach midlife? Uh, obviously, all of those, uh, those things started to happen, uh, but it may have happened a little bit earlier than that, maybe in the late 40s or the mid 40s or something like that. Um, mm. Those were incredible things to bring you through those changes but prior to yeah. that so um yeah it was it was slow i mean i think actually getting to 40 was easier than getting to 30 i thought yeah. um there was a kind of a settling in me um in when i got to 40 whereas 30 i always thought was more of a shock really to <laughs> realize I wasn't in my 20s anymore um but it was it was kind of slow and long coming between 
you know, 40 and I mean, my menopause finished when I was 52. Um, but it certainly there were signs I could, you know, I started noticing physical changes, um, which at first were very upsetting. Um, because again, because of my identity, my identity as an attractive woman, um, and the kind of the the kind of the power that I saw that I had um, because of what I looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, so on a kind of superficial level, I suppose, in an external way, um, and that that was that was actually difficult to come to terms with. Um, I realized there wasn't the, yeah, I didn't have the same effect on men. <laughs> and, um, and it was kind of really important for me that I did have that attraction with men because of my childhood and it goes back, you know, but I, I kind of needed that as an identity. It was really, really important. So that was, that was almost the most difficult thing for me. Um, approaching, you know, approaching age. So at, at that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just you mentioned your identity. How did that identity form? Because clearly then that would have changed with all the changes that came about. But uh, how did that uh, identity form because I think it is important as women and I can relate to what you say um, that you do form this identity how did that form or what way did it come about because then you know you could maybe expand on how it changed then later um well it's a, I mean that's a, I'd have to go back to my childhood I'm sorry <laughs> Try not to be too late. Basically, my father left when I was very young and I adored him. So really, I spent a lot of my life just chasing after this um, love, this this kind of male love, attraction, attention that um, that I had lacked in my childhood and I so longed for. So it, I, I, there was a lot of energy in my life went into that. Um, so that was kind of a driving force really for me. Um, which changed uh, for lots of reasons, but it, it changed um, as I as I approached menopause. Okay, um, that's very interesting. Now, and how then did you, when you did go through, start to go through menopause, which I think must have been late forties for you, because you had a very short menopause, didn't you? Did you say somehow forty eight to about fifty two, which? It's short in some ways. Yes, but I mean, when I look back, there were signs earlier than that. Um, probably, probably, really early forties. Actually, when I think about it, the very early signs. But they were slow developing and hardly noticeable in some ways. Okay. Um, yeah. So the the actual real kind of acceleration of it, I think, was back was about 48 to 52. Okay. And what, what kind of symptoms did you have? Did you have many symptoms? Because not everyone has them, but mm. some people have them worse. Um, well, the yeah. physical symptoms of like dryness, vaginal dryness, mm. um, and um, the changes around um, 
the my you know my vagina actually started changing and i and i noticed that um and i mean the the hot flushes and things didn't really start until about till i was about 48 but those other symptoms like it was affecting my sexual relationship with my husband mm -hmm. and and i hadn't and i kind of didn't know why i didn't know what was going on it's only in retrospect i realized that that was the kind of early symptoms of it. Okay. Um, where did you have, um, if you would like to, um, because this would relate to a lot of women, I personally wasn't in a relationship at, during my menopause. So how did that, uh, how did it affect the relationship in that way and in the way that you would have related to one another and obviously yes it would affect have affected the sex life as well um was there anything that you would like to expand on around that well there were the physical changes but for me i was also doing a lot more um exploration um about myself really i was i was turning in that's what was happening i was turning in i was i was um getting counseling i was um re-establishing a relationship with my father who was still alive then um, which was very important healing for me um and i was exploring um really my spiritual my spiritual life and i was nourishing my spiritual life um, and actually that was, I think that's one of the re reasons in the end that my relationship finished because um, it, it kind of, I kind of outgrew that relationship um, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's, that's interesting. And then uh, what I liked, about what you said to us before the interview was how you experienced the process and the years to follow the the menopause when it had passed um it was very interesting your whole mm -hmm. inward journey and your journey within yes yeah it's, see the the outward trappings of my life fell away basically mm -hmm. Um, as I was saying before, everything fell away. My work, my relationship, my home, um, everything changed. Um, and, I, and I got a real inner kind of calling voice, I don't know what you call it, something arose in me that um, I, I needed to go back to the earth. I had been working in a very successful business with my husband. It was actually a business I started, but um, we both got very involved in it. Um, but I just, it wasn't satisfying me anymore. It really wasn't satisfying me. Nothing was satisfying me. <laughs> the relationship wasn't satisfying me. The work wasn't satisfying me. Where I lived wasn't. Everything became somehow wrong for me. Um, and I had a real inner feeling that I needed to connect again to the earth. And that was all part of the change. Um, 
and I sought, I started seeking ways of doing that. And I did a course actually, I did a organic husbandry course. Um, and it was like I had just, it was that little willingness to do something about this inner voice that was rising in me. And then everything, as, as things had fallen away before, other things really started coming to my life very quickly. The whole thing was extraordinarily fast. First of all, the stripping away and then the redirection of my life. It was, I, I can't believe how quick it was. Mm. Um, because I, I, I did this course and through that course, I, I got a job that was exactly what I wanted to do. I was working with the community, it was working with the environment, it was working with the earth. It was uh, informing people, educating people, uh, helping people to connect with the earth, which I felt was so important. Um, and, and then I, I got into another relationship. And the most extraordinary thing really at that time was that although my kind of whole sexual identity had changed in a way. Like with, you know, having a husband of 26 years and it was a very good sexual relationship, but um, I, came, I, I came into another relationship that was totally different, totally different. Um, and it was a relationship in which I felt I don't know. It's hard to explain. I just more me, I suppose, more me. I don't know. Um, and um, and then so the sexual side of that was extraordinary. It was quite extraordinary. I was thinking it was the most sensual time of my life. Sensual, not necessarily always sexual, but sensual time of my life. Um, and um, and I, you know, and I'm very very grateful for that. I mean. Having gone further now, uh, a lot of my kind of sexual drive urges have fallen away, and I'm I'm grateful for that because that's allowed that is again stripped away an identity that in some ways was superficial and too overpowering in my life. It wasn't allowing other things through. It was using up too much of my energy in a way. So, um, so some of the things on the kind of the other side of menopause was that I got back into my art as well. Um, and I even started selling some of my artwork, which I'd never done before. Um, I actually, you know, I started connecting with other artists. Um, and the work I had been doing to reconnect with the earth then also translated into campaigning and um and also you know growing organic food again which i i managed to do i managed to get some land to do it and i'm that's really really important part of my life but um the campaigning i i now see as my work as my life's work at this stage in my life i think it's just it's just what i feel i i need to do um to kind of give back as well I think, mm -hmm. um, at this stage 
Yeah, that's very interesting. What 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 uh, what type of campaigning do you do? And uh, you know, is there a particular campaign you're involved in? I'm involved with a few different groups. I'm involved with Friends of the Earth and Greenpeace. Um, also, being down here on the coast, I've been involved in uh, plastic-free Eastbourne. So we've been um, basically cleaning the beaches to stop the plastic going into the sea so the whole marine life um and uh in the last four four or five years i've been um working on tree planting oh, and that's been become a really important part with uh it's I'm, i feel up against it in a lot of ways i feel I get very frustrated, and this is an old thing for me, I get frustrated by the, the masculine in, the, um, in local government, in politics. I find it very difficult, very difficult. I, I have a difficulty with male authority figures, <laughs> and I just find myself up against it a lot. And I, I think that's part of my learning, my life's learning really, is that I need to somehow work my way through this. Um, what things have you had to push through uh, in terms of that, you know, with your campaigning? You know, are there different, have you had to push through with local government? And, you know, because that can be an achievement as well that you do manage to, meet that authority yeah. it's not easy i it's really not easy so well done on working on that um well the, a few years ago the local council which is mostly consists of men um decided they were going to sell part of the south downs and it would have been for although they didn't say it it was the first steps towards development uh, it would it was uh, four thousand acres that belonged to the local well they don't belong to the local authority actually but they come under the care of the local authority and the local authority saw that as permission for them to actually sell it um, and I was part of the campaign that that prevented that and actually the most amazing thing happened because this is quite a sleepy, a sleepy kind of town I live in really. It's, which I like in a lot of ways, <laughs> but trying to get people moving is like, oh, but <laughs> at the whole. But you did it. <laughs> um, well, I didn't, but a, a group of us, um, that, you know, the whole town rose up, marched through the streets and, you know, just told our local authority, this was not going to happen. We're not gonna sell our downs. And actually there are our downs because they were saved in 1923 by public subscription from being developed then, which is quite oh. interesting. So, um, so yeah, so that- that's, that's incredible, Jane. You know, a small enough group of people by the signs of it. Yes. You know, if it was your village, you know, it wasn't, was it hundreds or was it maybe? It was thousands. It was thousands oh, because, was I mean, thousands it's, a, in the it's end. a town of 100,000 in, in England. That's not okay. huge. Town. Okay, <laughs> that's right, right. Yeah. 
yeah. compared to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, compared to Ireland or a lot of other places. Mm. England's quite a crowded um, mm. island. Yeah. So, so that was, I did certainly feel the power then. Mm. And that, that was the power. Was fantastic. Mm. It was well the power done. of the land as well. Mm. I felt that the, the Downs were actually with us. You know, they were, they were the, the power that were, yeah. was pushing it through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. the earth is a living being, after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yes. With her. yes. That's yeah. incredible. So, I, I, I mean, what has been your greatest challenge so far? Oh, um, well, I think actually going through the menopause, all those changes, they came so fast. Um, I really had to support myself. Uh, I was kind of on my own, really, in a way. More on my own than, than I'd probably ever been. Um, and, and I needed to... I learned so much about self-care. I really had to take care of myself. I really, really had to get every bit of help I could get and reach out and lean on friends, really lean on friends and um, get a lot of professional help in terms of nutrition and um, um, sort of all medicine, well, natural medicine, so herbs and so forth, acupuncture, every single thing I could possibly lay my hands on, I needed at that time because it was... um, Yes, it was extraordinary. It was quite extraordinary time. So I think that the the biggest challenge probably of my life. Yeah, yeah. And then what what are you the most proud of or what's your greatest achievement? And I'm aware this can be more than one thing, especially uh, especially with you, Jane, <laughs> because you've done a number of things in your life. Well, I mean, I think my my son is... Yeah, he's the most wonderful person, and I, and actually, he didn't have an easy childhood, and I, I've had to come to terms with that, um, and my part in that, um, and my wonderful granddaughter, who's fifteen now, um, and she she was born on the day of the well, she was born the very day of my last day of my last period wow <laughs> is, that's amazing like, it is i just it's like she's such a magical person but um it was like handing over it was like my fertility was being it was going down the generations in oh, a way goodness I was how like, symbolic it's <laughs> very highly symbolic yeah, yeah. that's amazing yeah, yeah. that is amazing yeah, I think they have to be, really. I'm just so proud of them. They're amazing. Yeah. And, well, Jane, you've had a wealth of experience in your life to date and uh, many more years to come, no doubt. Um, is, there, is there anything that you would pass on to the next generation of women or even of any of the guys as well but I suppose particularly in the context of what we've been talking about um to the younger generation of women Mm. well I'd say really listen to yourself really deeply 
deeply listen to yourself. You know, it's, it took me a long time to do that. And I, I kind of, you know, if there's any regrets, that's my regret is that I didn't listen to myself when I was younger. There were so many other things going on. Um, there were so many identities that I had, like as mother and wife and, you know, lots and lots of things. And so kind of busy in a way. But I didn't really, really listen to myself as much as would have been good for me, I think. Um, so that's, I think that's just so important. Do whatever it takes to just go in there and really listen and and follow it, follow it. You know, whatever is arising, trust it, trust it and follow it because that is, that's the path. That's where it is. Um, and yeah, follow it through. That, that is very, very key. I, I completely agree with you there that uh, not, not only trusting it, but following it through. And it's not all, always easy to do that, but it is very, very important. And it's a great uh, piece of advice to, to pass on to any, any other younger woman. Uh, it's really great. Jane, it has been such a pleasure talking to you and thank you for sharing some very deep things and um, being vulnerable in parts throughout this conversation. Um, I really, really appreciate it and I bow down to your, uh, your beautiful spirit and soul. Uh, I've known you for a very, very long time, I know, but it's been an honour to uh, speak with you today. And uh, just before we finish off, um, is there any campaign, even, you know, if anyone's listening, any of the listeners are in your area or any campaign that you would like just to mention if anyone was interested in looking into it or, um, you know, anything that is passion, you're, you know, part really dear to you that you would might like to mention to your, our listeners? Okay. Thank you, Jill. Um... Well, at the moment, we need to double tree cover in order to help to uh, mitigate runaway climate change. In our area around Eastbourne and probably in, well, the whole of the UK, we need to actually double our tree cover, double it. So if there's any way you can get involved in tree planting whether it's planting a couple of trees in your own garden or even if it's a hedge or anything at all just get involved in tree planting it's it's what we can do it's what we can do to um, help future generations and to help save this planet i can only second that uh jane 
I have two trees in my back garden and I've been thinking about planting another two somewhere else. I've no more room Yay. in the garden. Uh, <laughs> well done. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. Well, look, once again, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, as I say. And uh, we're signing off now from Lady Time, but please come join us again for the next episode. Thank you and bye. Thank you, Jill. Thank you.